Okay. I can hear you. Hello, everybody. It is uh, Thursday night in Phoenix. This is the Absolute Geek Broadcast. coming live from the Valley of the Haboob Dust Storm. Introduce yourselves, fellas. I'm Jose. I'm Brian from the flip side. So how is the flip side going? Great it's going good. Going very good. Oh, by uh, the way, sorry. Sorry, Brian. You can't see somebody. Or you can't hear anybody. It's Matt. I, I don't. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I already forgot. So to everyone out there, <laughs> we all forgot to introduce themselves. It was Matt. Matt has decided <laughs> to go to Las Vegas. And he decided See, to go to a a furry convention. A furry convention. He's dressed up as uh, half an horse, half uh, octopus. Are octopus? <laughs> he's, he's an a octopus. Horse eight, <laughs> he's a horse with eight legs <laughs> or <laughs> nine <laughs> legs. So he, so he's playing one full round of blackjack, and he's taking up every seat with all the with all the arms. He's winning the big money. No, he went to what is it? Um, what is it, EVO 3 or EVO or some kind of uh, video game? I don't know what it is. Some the video game convention? competition? Oh, this is a twink convention or something. It's like a championship. A it's like a, a a fight, like a video game fighting competition. A nerd convention. A nerd convention. Welcome to the stink. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's where he is. So, so th that's Brian. why he's not here, and that's why it's the train wreck of uh, of the of second our show. <laughs> so, the day without Matt, everybody. The best day of the year. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Sorry, so, Brian. As, so as I was saying before, is um, we had a hell of a hot boob going through here right now. So if we actually lose service, that's probably what it is because we have a wall of dust coming through the Valley of the Sunstroke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a warning like maybe like half an hour ago. So how is everybody tonight? Other than the, the heat and the death storm, I'm yeah. doing good. Me too. Um, today was my last day at my place of work at that, uh, at that place. I'm going to another place that's a lot closer to my house. It's actually a quarter of a drive to my house. Instead oh, of me good. driving. Yeah, instead of me driving... 30 miles, I'll be driving about 12 miles. That is fantastic. So 30 miles round or with round trip is 60 miles. So with the new place, it's 50 miles. Round trip is 30. Nice. So Can't beat that. But the thing that sucks, though, I'm going for four tens to five eights. I really oh. I enjoyed so, that Friday off. Right? I bet. Yeah. It was so much better. Oh, yeah, you, you know, you suffered a couple extra hours every day, but you got a, an extra day of Whole day off, yep. The only thing that sucked was on Fridays, I didn't really sleep in. <laughs> Which is stupid. So I would well, wake you know, up, watch Netflix for a little bit, take a nap, watch Netflix again, do my chores, or not my chores, but my... Your you chores. Know, like, Your mom gets you money for doing chores. <laughs> my, um... You know, like things I had to do that day, that morning, get them all done before twelve. Come back, take a little nap, and then that's and then it. the day's over. <laughs> yep, that's all day Friday. Oh, I hear the storm. Yeah, it's getting ready it's... to start hailing. So, how, so Brian, how is the flip side podcast going? 
It's going really good. Um, we're getting ready to change a few things up, um, trying to start being a little bit more professional. Uh, if any of you guys have listened oh, to the past, it's so hard to do. Yeah, <laughs> we've we've kind of in the past were just more along along the lines of kind of like just a roundtable discussion of friends, less than a podcast. So now we're kind of just figuring out. Uh, we've been uh, we've been sent a few messages uh, from uh, our bosses saying. Uh, you probably want to get this a uh, little bit more professional because we're getting a little bit more uh, interest. So, you know, I've noticed CBSI has a, has had a huge spike of followers on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was like out of nowhere too that I didn't even realize that we had a Facebook thing. I mean, I didn't. <laughs> you did, but it was like all of a sudden uh, the flip side guys are like, "Hey, have you guys been on the Facebook site? We've got like." thousands of followers on the facebook site and they're like everybody else is like no i didn't even know we had one so see that's where i always seen the top 10 and uh you know all the all the books of the week to to, to look for i always found it on facebook it always popped up on my facebook and that's where i've always looked i don't usually i never usually went to the g plus always to look unless i couldn't find it on facebook and then i can easier you know refer back to it on g plus but yeah it always popped up like every tuesday and wednesday on my facebook feed yeah, it's it's crazy, and and with um, uh, Ben C taking over the comicbookinvest.com uh, page, um, it's if you guys have uh, been longtime um, lurkers and at uh, CBSI, you'll notice it's it's kind of ramped up, and uh, they're starting to try and be a little bit more professional and whatnot. So, um, I guess I wouldn't be professional, but just trying to uh, create the brand a little bit more. So um, trying to be a little bit more professional about things. And hopefully uh, in the future, uh, the flip side will will uh, get a little bit bigger and, and uh, we'll see where it takes us. So we're kind hey, of you just take time and you just do your thing and do it well. I don't know. I like the whole round table. Everyone just kind of bullshits thing. I like that better than. It's kind of funny because, you know, I, I, I agree with you and. And, but for some reason, that whole roundtable feel and the three-hour-long podcasts, and it just for some reason it doesn't work in the podcast uh, world unless you're like Joe Rogan, you know what I mean? So, um, with yeah. most with most podcasts, they want like a ninety-minute podcast with segments and yada yada yada, and so we'll see. Yeah, that, that's hard, and that, that requires work and setup and prep and. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, it's, I mean, sometimes it's just what you have to do. So, well, we'll see. I mean, we're hoping uh, it's looking like it might turn into some um, some sponsors and some some type of stuff in the future and more shows. Uh, hopefully, we can get away from the biweekly or every other week show and do a weekly show and you know make it a little bit more interesting. So we'll see. Be a little bit more like absolute geek. <laughs> and it is the Thursday oh crap! How bad? <laughs> huh? That's uh, yeah. that's called that's called not having Matt around. <laughs> yeah, what I was trying to do is, in case anybody came up on the live chat, I, I was bringing it back up so that I had it in another screen. Ah, uh, gotcha. And I thought I had it muted, and I didn't. Oops. That's why. That's why Matt is the our fearless leader. Yeah, he's pretty good at this stuff. I have to admit. Yeah, 
He makes it look easy. He really does. I have to give him a shout out to that. So I guess we got nothing better to do but actually get into it then, right? Let's do yep. it. So the first thing I wanted to bring up was um, Edward Norton thinks uh, no Marvel movies are as good as the Dark Knight trilogy. And so, I, I'll agree with that. It's different, though. Well, yeah, they 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 it's went different. on their own. But, I mean, he was even in a Marvel movie. Yeah. Yeah, but he it, had a real big problem with that movie. He he after after that movie came out, he kind of realized that that was a whole waste of his time and it was, he planned on it being like his magnum opus. So <laughs> so at any his um rosebud. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I could say the entire trilogy. I could say the first two movies. First and three. No, first yeah, first two, sorry. One and two. I were yeah. awesome. Three, it looked to me. It always seemed like, okay, they still had, they still had the whole Joker thing in their head, and I, I think it kind of leaked over where they had to have like, the big intro because you know like both movies that's what they did. You know they had mm -hmm. the big one where they went into the the, the mob bank, and then the other one they had that huge opening where they had that huge thing with you know taking down the plane and everything. Like, I yeah. think they are like like. When they were writing that script, they were stuck in a mindset that they couldn't get out of. And it's hard. I think the Joker, and I've said this a bunch of times, and I think the Joker brings, uh, it's like a muse to people. People can write the Joker so well, and I think other characters, people have harder times writing. Yeah, uh, I agree. But I, I think that, that that opening scene, they couldn't match that opening scene for the rest of the movie. That opening scene was amazing in in both movies, but it's for me, especially in uh, the third one, I thought that whole plane scene was amazing and the rest of the movie just kind of fell flat. But for me, but I agree with you one and two, especially two, I don't think there's ever been a better comic book villain um, on screen than Heath Ledger's Joker. And the only other villain on screen that's better than Heath Ledger's Joker is Darth Vader. In my opinion, I think Heath Ledger's Joker was perfect. I don't think you can get much better than that. No, I, I don't think so. Either. And, you know, cause he, I mean, he, he nailed it. And I, and I think that's always going to be the problem with the Joker anyways, no matter who you compare it to, it's going to, that, that he hadn't made it. That's the pinnacle. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, so which, I think which, Norton's a, a little jealous though. I imagine because of what happened. Do you guys know about the backstory about that Hulk movie? Uh, -uh. So basically that Hulk movie was like him going in there and he had a lot to do with the script. He was going to have a lot to do with directing it. And he was like going to make this his his like thing that he could come out and show everybody how great he is as a director slash actor slash script writer. Slash. And he had a lot of big ideas. And I'm not, I can't remember if it's through the editing process or through the end of the filming um it wasn't Marvel at the time. It was whoever was doing those movies. I can't remember because Marvel hadn't bought their movie studio thing yet. So whoever it was at the time was doing that said, no, nah, we don't like what you're going with. It's either too expensive or too this or too that. So like a third of the way through the movie, they just gutted him. So that's kind of why that movie kind of fell a little flat. But he had some ideas. And when you go and do a little bit of research on it, it sounded like some of the stuff that he was talking about doing was really cool but they just didn't want to put that much time and energy into it because i don't think at that time they had much you know i was was iron man maybe it just came out after uh, you know 
before that, or was Iron Man even out? I can't remember. <laughs> I think uh, I think Iron Man was already out. I, so I think it was still. I think they were still on Rocky Road. You know what I mean? Like like getting their like getting going to the point where you know where it would be now. Yeah, and and then they had the whole Eric Bana thing before it, so it was just like a sequel without being a sequel. So Ed Ed Norton definitely has a bad taste in his mouth over that whole thing. So I could see him trying to stick it to Marvel with these comments, yeah, it was but the same time, yeah. So it was an eight. But so, I don't know. Uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, unknown Reaper says Jose sucks. We want Brian. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says. Iron Man was out before Hulk, so I, yeah, because I think Iron Man was kind of the the initiator of everything. Yeah, but it was th- the catalyst. Yeah, so what, what started rolling? Yeah, but I just you know what he should do is he should play in a DC movie. <laughs> oh God! So or he should more, or he should uh, pull a Chris Evans and play another character, and then everybody will love him. Yep. So someone's telling me on. Oh, it's Matt. Matt is Matt is spying on us through the YouTube app, and he says you can't hear Jose. (laughs) Oh God. (laughs) So so Iron Man was released in April, and Incredible Hulk was released June. There we go. For May, yeah, it was released in May. Iron Man, sorry. Well, what about uh, Eric Bana's Hulk? When was that? Was that, that was released. Let's see. That was the first Hulk. When was that released? Uh, 2003? That uh, was before Iron Man. Uh, let's see. Produced, story based, starring Eric Bana. Yeah, 2000, 2003. Interesting. 2003. Five years before. Because they used the. Remember the Easter egg from Iron Man at the end was it was like um, a thing from Hulk. And so it must have been the uh, Banner one because they use like parts of the um, the um, the I guess the movie or whatever to show like Hulk's alive and they're sharing like the same universe. Ah, uh, that makes sense. That, that makes sense. Well, it sounds like he's a he's a little uh, angry about something. Yeah, he's probably got. Yeah. Let's see. Any more from the peanut gallery, Kyle? Now, Kyle? now they now they can't hear Kyle. Oh. <laughs> no, I uh, I was oh. sorry. I, I was off doing something. Um. I thought it was interesting the whole uh, the whole Red Robin uh, thing that uh, is coming on. What do you think about that, Kyle? What was that? With his new uh, outfit uh, and everything fuck that's Batman. going. What's that? No, fuck Batman. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, the new the new the new hood mask, red hood mask, costume and emblem. I was gonna so, bring that up that they actually I was that actually that's actually my next story. I, I they took a lot of his mask off, so he's like he's like pretty much looks like like you know what I mean he he pretty much should just have a hanky over his mouth, because right. it's kind of what they did. You know what I mean? Like 
Yeah, it's kind of weird. They almost make them look like a, a ninja and I like yeah, the like, mask. Like they're all, yeah. They, I mean, they, they, it was more of an intimidation factor instead of like just something barely covering, you know, covering them up, which I don't know if they're really, are they leaning towards like he's giving that, I don't care if you know who I am attitude. Well, he looks kind of cool with the way he has his eye, the eye part, you know, and just the mask and the eye part with his eyes being red. I thought that was pretty cool. And I love how he's got the crowbar. Has he always had the crowbar? No, I think that's something that he has now. I, I, don't I think that's, that is awesome. I mean, and he almost has it like it's a sword, like he could pull it out from his, you know what I mean? And just Yeah. And, and that, that, that totally makes sense. Like, you know, he was quote unquote killed by the crowbar and that whole Joker crowbar scene is such a big deal. Let's, let's give it to him as, you know, now he's using it. That's going to be his weapon. I mean, that's, that's perfect. Marvel has a character with crowbar. Who's that? The wrecker. I couldn't even tell you. He has a magical crowbar. He's actually had the first appearance. I bought it at San Diego Comic Con. He actually he has a magical crowbar, and his first appearance was in uh, Thor number one forty eight. And he's in a he's in a group called the Wrecking Crew. Ah, uh, obviously uh, they that didn't work too well. Yep, he was in um, shoot, what comic was that? Is it was a series? Um, the New Avengers. He was in that. That you know when they restarted the New Avengers with Wolverine, the Sentry, uh, the Spider Woman. Was he one of part of the group that blew up in uh, whatever that town was? And what? What's his name? No, tried to that Civil War. Yeah. Okay. That Civil War. But it was in the when they revamped the new New Avengers. He was in that, and that that series was actually pretty good. Which one? He wasn't in the the one that Cassidy drew and uh, Ben. No, it was Finch. Okay, it was Finch. Um, uh, let's see who else was it. Uh, I forgot who else was in that. Let me look it up really quick. But what do you think the idea of uh, Jason Todd outing Batman to Penguin and then killing Penguin afterwards? That's weird. I didn't know about that. That's so. What it's so what it's saying here is in issue twenty four. Not only. Did it appear as though Redhead straight up killed Penguin, one of Batman's oldest enemies, on live TV? In the process, they admit he he may have given away Bruce Wayne's secret identity just before he shot Oswald Cobblepot in right in the face. Wow, that's, that's interesting, isn't it? I mean, that's, that's yeah, that's awesome. I mean, that, that makes me makes me realize I got to start reading that. Uh, what is that uh, comic? He's in uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws. Yeah, and that'll be in issue twenty six. Which comes out in September, so I guess it's been spoiled. Mm. <laughs> oh no! But I mean, that makes me want to pick it up and actually back read a little bit and catch up to see what's going on with it now. Well, I think that the whole thing they did with Jason Todd. Um, first of all, a lot of people don't remember this, but when Hush acted like he was Jason Todd back in that Hush storyline. Mm -hmm. Kind of, I think, gave them the idea to bring Jason Todd back. That was genius. And then bringing, really bringing him back and making him Red Hood is one of the greatest ideas that they ever did. I think that at the same time of doing the whole Damien storyline had really made those characters be better than um, than Tim, uh, what's his name? Drake. Uh, Tim Drake, yeah. Like, uh, Tim Drake used to be the one that everybody liked, you know, and now 
Tim Drake has become the Jason Todd. Now everybody's about Jason Todd and Damien. You know what I mean? So it's kind of weird how that flipped. I think every, I think I think everyone's liking the edgier, uh, dickish side of people now. Yeah. Because you, know, you know they're both more aggressive characters. Yeah. When you know and like like Dick, and Tim are they're they're not as aggressive. So I, I I just think it's more enjoyable having these these more aggressive characters. Yeah. Well, I think it's going to be awesome. So while we're speaking of Batman, what do you think? So the new rumor of the new Batman movie is that it's going to be an older uh, Bruce Wayne talking about him, about a, a younger Batman. Uh-huh. Like, you know, which I think old I still... Batman. Oh, old man Batman. I still think it would be better if, if they're just going to do that. What they need to just do is Batman Beyond. Well, yeah. I think that would be better. I think yes. the reason they're doing that, though, is not to bring in the future Batman. It's so he can talk about old stories without having to be in a timeline. You know what I mean? He can be like, you know, back in back so in and my so. Day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he doesn't have to be part of the timeline. It, that means anybody can can write Batman movies, and it doesn't have to mesh with what's going on in Justice League. So, the, yeah, because I mean, they're they're about to film. You know, they're finishing up the script for it. But yeah, they said it would give him the you know, it would give him the movie discussing his younger years, with the you know, it's giving the ability to have a different younger actor in there. I mean, I, I guess it's kind of cool, and you're right. You know, that can give it gives it more of an open way to be able to just you can do any any Batman. You're right without having it to be in the timeline. They can so now it's not just this weird oddity of this this movie just out here in left field. It, it you know it's it still keeps it connected, but it still can they can still do whatever they want. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think that's. That's what a lot of these movie studios are having a problem with, where they're they're trying to do the whole Marvel thing, where they create a timeline and our world, yeah, it's our world, and it's just not working for DC. And instead of doing a whole, you know, let's just restart, 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 and keep restarting these timelines, because that's ridiculous. Nobody wants to see an an origin story for Batman again. And they already said they've already said they're not doing one. So yeah. yeah. It's it's kind of like Spider Man. We don't. We got it. We know what happens. Know. Yeah. Everybody knows. We've seen it more than once. We're good. Yeah. Twice. Is it twice or three times? What they've done origin day. I know they've yeah. done twice for sure. Twice. Yeah. It's just probably like four or five times. Shit. Well, stuff from the seventies. Yeah. But I I I don't know. I I mean, it would be kind of. I guess it would be kind of cool. Like. Can you picture like you know an old Ben Affleck sitting back at a fire and he's like he's got his hands up and it's he's clinking his fingers together and he's got like you know some scotch next to him and he, he like he, like he decides to tell a story and and a big ass like it's like it's Christmas Eve or something Marinette <laughs> uh, Alfred the big ass like Great dead. Dane <laughs> I always liked uh, the the future the, uh, the Batman Beyond just because he had that big ass badass Great Dane. Yeah. Chilling with them. I heard they were doing talks where DC's actually doing talks of they're doing like movies about their animals too. Like that's what that's in talks. 
Oh. Bat, bat dog. <laughs> to me, that almost <laughs> seems like it would be like scraping the bottom of the barrel now. Like, yep. you know, and there's so many awesome stories. Why do you, you know, let's wait till it's it's crashing and burning before we go that far. Yeah. Yep. Just like uh, this story is. Um, so they want to do a Harley Quinn movie every year. Oh God! Well, you know, I I know that seems like a lot, but man, they have some really good storylines they can pull off, and that's a huge character. And they should just do a TV show. Uh, I mean, because they've already, you know, they've already got the ones we've all talked about. The you know, the few movies that we know she's going to be in. I mean, that's three. That's you know, three movies already, you know, they're going to do Suicide Squad 2, and it's going to be a, the jo a Joker and Harley movie. Is that what it is? Is that for sure? That's kind of what they were saying in this article, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Is it going to be Leto? See, it's uh, Suicide Squad 2, a Joker and Harley film. With the stupid and, tattoos. Yeah. Is it going to be Jared Leto? I'm assuming that it is, because it would be kind of oh, weird. Perfect. To, it would be kind of weird to put somebody else in there after they've already established him in the first Suicide Squad movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, you and, know, and, they have a lot they can build on with the whole powerful woman, because, you know, the thing that people are talking about a lot with Harley right now is the Joker really fucked her up. I mean, the stuff that he did to her in like some of the comics it's pretty hardcore, and they, they could really play off that right now with the whole Me Too thing going on and being like, this is a powerful woman. You know, look what she did. She came back, and she ended the Joker relationship, and when she was, you know, that type of – they could play that type of role and still make it really dark and really powerful at the end. I'm surprised they didn't try and do that with the first movie. I, I thought they were they they kind of tried, but I think they, I thought they chopped it up so bad that it that it didn't end up being like that. Yeah, but they would be actually that would be kind of cool. Would be to actually you know focus home. I guess they can't really. I guess it would be all kinds of. Uh, It'd be R rated. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah, and yep. I think it would, it, I think it would That'd cause be. so much controversy. I don't ever think it, it would be. I mean, just think if that one Batgirl cover couldn't even make it to light, how are they going to yeah. do a whole entire movie that... The two afraid... Excuse me. The two that, afraid. That can infer anything. You know what I mean? Like, So I, I think that's the only problem with that would be. So... Because the, the one thing with, like, Deadpool movie... Um, uh, yeah, the Deadpool movies and... What's the other one that came out that's R-rated... Can't even uh, think right now. One just recently, right? Yeah. For some reason, I can't think of it. What besides Deadpool? Yeah. Is there something else that came out that's R-rated? That's comic comic book movie? Damn, I can't I even think. think. I don't think so. But like that one took chances. We saw uh, Wolverine. Basically, oh. Yeah, Wolverine. Yeah, there we yeah. go. They were taking chances with like in Deadpool, he was pegged. That's. Can you imagine a DC movie that has that getting pegged? Yeah, they wouldn't be able. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it's 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 crazy, but it worked for Deadpool because of the story. But something like that, DC would probably avoid it. They wouldn't have it. Do you think it'd be weird if they did one Joker Harley Quinn movie that had Jared Leto in it? One, <laughs> and then they did another like one that had Joaquin Phoenix in it. Yeah, that'd be or what? 
I think that would be kind of weird if they, if they, I think, I think it'd be really weird if they did that. Yeah, I agree. But do you think that if they did a, the, like maybe, I don't know, more of an origin type movie that they had her, I don't know, they couldn't, could they really even do that? Yeah. I think that was the whole point of Suicide Squad. And that's what all, the, like you were saying, that's all the stuff they chopped was that origin that was really dark and really scary. And she even came out and said that it was hard to film those those scenes with him because he was so scary in those scenes where he was totally, you know, wrapping her up in a ball of yarn and, you know, playing with her and, you know, pegging her. Whatever that, whatever <laughs> there's, there's that really dark stuff that he did to make her, you know, Who she is. almost like a, like cult leader type stuff, you know, yeah. that he had to do to make her, to turn her into who she is. Yeah. So um, that, that stuff to me would, make such a better movie than any of the ridiculousness that they're they're talking about so it would be cool if they in x amount of years maybe when people have lightened up a little bit more or we have a you know a change of culture to where they can re-release the movie you know like on dvd like maybe for like the, the fifth anniversary or eighth anniversary or something and they could do a new extended cut that that they went back through and they you know what i mean and and this is the movie that we originally going to do before we chopped everything up. You know, it's got, you know, totally it's, made it bad. it's got, you know, 37 more minutes of Joker, you know, footage in it. That's, that's in the movie. I think that might be kind of cool. That's, you know, instead of saying like outtakes and cutouts, but actually just actually part of the movie. They should release that movie anyways. I mean, the whole Zach, Zack Snyder, right? Who was it? Who was it that did the original suicide squad and they, and they cut so much of it. Oh, that's a, Anyways, they should release uh, release both of those the the Zack Snyder Justice League, the Suicide Squad. They should release all that stuff because people want to see it. They pay. They're gonna pay to see it. Yep. So David Ayer did he do it first? David Ayer, the second one. Yeah, he did it first, and then they they recut it. To and it went to Zack Snyder. Yeah, Zack Snyder. Yeah. yeah, they recut it to be more like. Um, more like Shittier. funny rock music. It wasn't funny. Yeah. They should have kept it super dark. Yep. They should have picked a lane <laughs> and stuck with it. <laughs> <laughs> Pick a lane. That so what, what do you guys think? Now I'm going to switch gears here a little bit. They're going to re-release in theaters the 1986 Transformers movie. That'd be awesome. I can't wait to see it. 19. Oh, the cartoon. The yeah. Original one. Oh. So we get to go to the movies and see Optimus Prime die again. <laughs> that oh. shocked the world. So we get our hearts get to break all over again. Oh. How many times? How many but of we, us? But we do get the to see them dance to Weird Al. <laughs> right. <laughs> this but is I a happy mean, place. I. I mean, what? What do you, I mean? Do you think that's going to drum up anger? You're going to be like, no, nobody. No, Steve, you can't be angry at that. It's like uh, having uh, the original Teenage Mutant Turtles play. Everybody will fall in love and probably watch it again yeah. at the theaters. <laughs> I mean, when was the last time you guys have seen it? God, probably a long time ago. Since you were a little kid. Yeah. So I don't know if it aged well. That's the problem then. That's and we're gonna find out in theaters. <laughs> well, I we, 
after I watched the um, the GI Joe one when uh, what's his name was Falcon, uh, the Miami Vice guy was Falcon, and uh, had Burgess Meredith as Globulus. I don't know if you guys remember that. It's the same came out at the same time, and I rewatched that, and it was so bad it was unreal. <laughs> so, and as a kid, I remember thinking that movie was one of the baddest things ever. You know, so see that's what I'm worried about with Transformers is it's. You put these things you remember as a kid. It's it's on this pedestal. Yep, I did that with um, um, the sliders. Remember sliders, the show. Yeah, that was a good show. I, it was a good show. It was a good show. <laughs> and then I watched it, and it was shitty. And I was like, "All right, I better just leave the nostalgic goggles on and not watch it again." It and was that, really bad. That always sucks when you when you have something like that and it's stuck in your head and you're you remember it being great and you're watching and you're going, This is <laughs> this is garbage. Yep. Why did they well, I like this shit? Brings <laughs> <laughs> up a good question. Can you guys name anything that was you really, really loved, you know, when you were young and that you watched again and it was good? Dumb and dumber. Yeah, I'm talking about like really young. You know what I mean? Like when I was a kid, perfect example. When I was a kid, uh, the, that movie The Exorcist scared the living piss out of me. Um, even laugh now. even till this day, if I am like getting ready to crash out in, in a dark room, and I think of that face of uh, The Exorcist and the face, I like kind of get freaked out. But, <laughs> and, and like gotta like open the crack the door a little bit, you know, like like a little child. But. It, Here's the funny thing. I went, my buddy's like, dude, no, you just trust me. You just got to watch it. And I watched it and it was hysterically laughable. It was so bad. Yep. It isn't scary anymore, but still, I'm still scared of it. You know what I mean? Like when I see it in my mind's eye, but when I watch it, it's really bad. So I can't think of anything that was still good from when we were kids. Um, that was even good back then. Like, uh, sorry, there's one Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure. That's, yeah, that movie's cool. Yeah, that, it's so cheesy, but it's good. Yeah, that's why it's good because it was, it was even cheesy back then. Yep, and you knew it was going to be cheesy. Yes. You know, one thing. You know, you had The Exorcist. I had Pumpkinhead. Oh yes. Oh, oh. dude, that movie fucked me up forever. It took me a long <laughs> time to build the courage up for some reason to watch that movie again. Like I, I, I remember watching it, and I remember it freaking me out. Yeah, that dude was creepy. That big fucking monster. Oh, that thing. It, it was hard for me to watch again. But you know, one thing that went that true that I still liked when I watched it again was Voltron. Yeah. Like the original cartoon or the movie? Yeah, the, the, you know, the original cartoon. Yeah. Hmm. I, like, it, it's still cool. But like, but like Thundercats? Cheesy. It's yeah. Cheesy. And I remember it being well, super awesome. And, and I don't remember there being so many like underlying messages. Yeah, there was a lot of it in that, and I didn't I didn't remember that in that, and I was kind of bummed when I was watching it. I actually shut it off because it was one of the things that I was like, I shouldn't have watched it again because it mm. ruined it. Yeah, yeah, that's it's crazy how that that nostalgia button works with the some goggles. People. Yeah. It, uh, it, it definitely uh, rules my collecting habits. <laughs> That's why I haven't read um, Giant Size X Men One. Uh, it's not that bad. I mean, it's it's, it's not that bad. Because Wolverine eight one eighty one eighty one one eighty two are bad. It's, yeah, 
is really bad. I read it once. I'm like, all right, well, that's enough for me. I'm yeah. going to do that again. Well, like, you know, like New Means 98, that's not a very good one either. No. Well, it's, that's, it's cheesy. that's another perfect example of the character not becoming the character we love till later down the line. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Deadpool didn't become Deadpool until Joe Casey started. I think it was Joe Casey. I know I've talked about it before, started writing it. So, like, some some characters need, like, a gestation period. You know, like, um, I was listening to uh, Unpressable the other day, and they were talking about uh, Lobo. You know, Lobo, when he first came out, was really freaking cheesy, and it wasn't until uh, Keith Giffen and, and uh, was it Paul McGuire? I can't remember who did the um, that Justice League, uh, the, the, the uh, Green Lantern, uh, Guy Gardner Justice League, uh, that where he punches Batman. Anyway, that run wasn't where until Lobo became the badass Lobo, you know? So there's no, no love. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of characters that need that gestation period to get kind of fleshed out. So, um, very few characters just become what we love and right away. Perfect example is Jason Todd. I mean, everybody hated Jason Todd up until he became Red Hood. They thought he was cheesy. So what do you think of them bringing back Alf now? We all watched that when we were kids. Yeah, but that was... Always, though. Yeah, that was more along the lines when we were kids. So that was almost like the, the Simpsons of the... Even though Simpsons was out at the time. It was like that whole, you know, a lot of the... Alf craze. Yeah, a lot of the jokes in there we didn't get at the time. Well, know? it's like like with Golden, Golden Girls. When I was younger, I'd see it and I'd be like, oh, it's four old ladies. Hey, so and the jokes flew over my head. Now that I'm older and I watch them, like they're saying this they're, shit. It's, yeah. it's incredible what they're saying. And because they're talking, they're talking about rebooting Alf. So do you think it's going to hold up like it? Because it only was a couple seasons, wasn't it? Like four or five seasons originally. Well, that's so weird. They they can't reboot it anywhere near the same, right? I mean, it's going to be look totally different. Are they going to use the same character? I mean, they said yeah. They said Alf is bringing back his cat appetite back to earth with the reboot of the classic 80s it was four seasons well is it gonna major network or just like is this like nick at night type thing i think they're doing uh said they're uh they're just they just said it just says warner brothers is is bringing it back uh the voice of alf is still alive because they did 102 episodes Wow, that's that's quite a, quite a long right right. I mean, only, yep. uh, it long, ended in nineteen ninety. There's only yep. like twelve episodes a season. Sci-fi is that where is it going to be on? Sci-fi? I think so. Okay, that makes sense. Because I remember, I remember he did like a talk show for a couple years. Yeah, that was pretty funny, actually. Yeah. Man, four seasons, one hundred and two episodes. That's a lot. Those are it's long like seasons. Episodes. That's like regular seasons. Yeah, I guess so. It's around there. Well, uh, the only thing I could say about Alf that's so amazing is that uh, really hard to find issue where he looks like he's screwing a seal on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. From from uh, what's it called? <laughs> oh, that that uh, that forty-eight magazine. of the Marvel series. So Alf, they did a, a Marvel series for uh, Alf. And uh, there's a uh, a cover if anybody wants to look it up. It's issue number forty eight, where um, 
it's hmm. he thinks that uh, I don't know what he's doing, but on the cover, it's totally like him screwing the seal. And <laughs> seal That's funny. Being pegged and didn't realize it. You know what I mean? He's got the face of horror, and and Alpha's on. Oh my god! Yeah, right? you find it? <laughs> no, um, Alpha was on Matlock. <laughs> Alpha was on Blossom. I remember. Yes. I don't remember that episode. Let me. I'm gonna look that up. But some of those Alf oh. comics have some really funny covers. So anybody out there checking those out, uh, it even says it even says "Hurry up already." Yeah, yeah. On the cover, it totally looks like he's really <laughs> seal from behind. Yeah, right. And I think there's a caution. Is there a caution thing that says like caution on it? Uh, this is caution. Do not buy if safety seal is missing. Yeah, yeah. It's Alf. It's Alf forty eight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So that is so. Okay. Oh. I gotta go online and buy that right now. Blossom <laughs> is having a was was having a dream, and she had a stuffed animal of Alf, and she's in heaven dreaming, and Alf is on the desk and talking. <laughs> that's funny. What was his? I remember he had a girlfriend, right? That he was always trying to contact. And then did she come back one episode or something? I can't remember. Let's see. Crazy thinking about that funny stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, I would watch Elf, and then my bedtime would be right after Elf. Because <laughs> I would love Elf. Because I told my parents I loved Elf, and I always had to watch it. So before I went to bed, I would always have to watch it and go to bed after it. I was so sad. He's <laughs> so sad. Oh, girlfriend. What? Coming up. Rhonda. Yeah. That was his girlfriend, was Rhonda. Rhonda? Yeah. <laughs> From Melmac. Yeah. And then Shumways with his sister. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I don't really think. I mean. I, I think it's just going to get... I think a lot of people are going to watch it for nostalgia's sake. Oh, yeah. And Unless it's it funny, out. then it'll stick around. If they make it to topical. I'm sure they will. Yeah, of course. They have to. Maybe he'll be scared of Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he'll talk crap about Trump. <laughs> <laughs> you can't pull the same thing as Roseanne, though. Just watch out for that. <laughs> that poor lady. She's fucking yeah. crazy. That season was so funny. Even though they're topical, like, and some things were, like, weird, but it was good. I mean, the way they presented it, it was still, like, the old old show, but it was updated, and it was nice. Yeah, it gave the feel of the original show, but it yeah. gave, but it was, Updated. but it had a new flavor to it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was really good. What do you think about them doing a uh, a prequel to the Sandlot? I always thought they should have done something more with the Sandlot years, you know, ago. Always... But, but what kind of prequel would they do? All the kids move into the neighborhood prior to, you know. How they how they formed their little baseball league, you know, their you know their their baseball group. I mean, what would what would the prequel be? 
Well, that's why the they, I don't see, see how they could do the prequel because the catalyst to that whole movie was what's his name moving into the neighborhood, right? That's yeah. that's that was my that was my argument when I was talking about it the other night. Yeah, that's what initiates it. He moves into the neighborhood and he meets these kids, and then they hit the, you know, the Babe Ruth baseball over the fence, and and I mean, that's, that was the bond of, you know, hit them with those kids, and yeah, so, you know, it was like the summer of all summers for him. Yep, that was. Uh, you know what? There's a perfect movie. I watched that movie not too long ago, and that movie kind of still holds up. So that movie was still good. Ah, oh, movie's super good. Yeah. So there's a perfect answer for that question of movies mm-hmm. that still hold up. That's one of them. Like, I mean, I still think like Goonies holds up. Sandlot holds up. Yeah. Goonies. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand why they never did something extra with Sandlot. That was just such a a good setup to do. They could have hit, really done some cool stuff with that. Yeah, but I, I, I was, I've been talking about it for two days, trying to figure out what the hell can they do a prequel about? And nothing really comes to mind. No, you're right. Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Yep. So, uh, so they're going to do a, uh, a Craven the Hunter standalone movie. So is that going to be live action? Yeah, that's they they need they they should have brought Craven in for, for a long time. Yeah. So what do you think about them doing like with no Spider Man? <clears throat> yeah, they're they're going to set it up. You know what I mean? They're that's their whole thing. They're trying to set up these villains before, right? They're doing Morbius. They're doing Venom. They're going to do Craven. They're trying to set up these villains before they before they introduce the big guy. Yeah. Ooh. So what does that do to like uh, spec wise? Um, I think that those Craven books have always been something that people look for. They've always been sought after, anyway. He's yeah. a good character. Yeah, great character, and especially yeah. that that whole uh, Mike Zek uh, uh, run. I can't remember who the, who the writer was. The writer should get more respect, but that whole uh, Death of Craven storyline is one of the best storylines in comics. So. Um, that will always be something that people want and hopefully this will add a little fuel to the fire. So it's always fun to see something kind of like, you know, shoot a little bit of steroid juice into uh, the spec game because um, sometimes just the littlest of information can make those, those old school books just fly off the shelf. So what would be the books to look for then for anybody that's looking for the, well, definitely the Death of Craven storyline, which they did uh, one issue and I think all or one or maybe two issues in all the the Spider-Man titles at the time they did. Uh, it was like a, a, a storyline. Um, so it'll say Death of Craven or, or whatever the Craven. I can't remember what they called it, but uh, issue one or storyline number one. Um, so those are the, definitely the ones to get. Most people who who collect comics know those those books. Yeah. Iconic Mike Zek covers, um, so those are definitely the ones to get. Um, obviously, his first appearance. There's a couple of really good. Uh, uh, one book that a lot of people are going to be specking on that he's not even in is the first appearance of his daughter, because I could see them using that her storyline as uh, a of a character in the movies. You know what I mean? Bring. Mm-hmm. So she kind of comes comes and 
takes over the mantle. So pick up uh, her first appearance. Um, yeah. So uh, he's also part of the Sinister Six, right? So yeah, maybe that's why they're doing. Obviously, they're they're trying to form the Sinister Six, and before they do, um, yeah. do them all one at a time and then yeah. mesh them together. Yeah. Yep. That would be smart on that part. Craven's last hunt. That's the one to read again. And of course, his first appearance. Yeah. You know, his first appearance is always going to be a big book, but yeah, it's always nice to throw a little spec juice in the in the game. <laughs> in the cauldron. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was talking pre-show uh, about a couple of books that that uh, have gotten really crazy over the last couple of days, and for some reason, out of nowhere, um, uh, Doctor Strange issue forty-four, I believe it is. Um, is getting some play, getting some some talk about it being a, a first appearance of one of Donny Cates' characters that he's talking about in in um, uh, the 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 Ghost Rider Cosmic Ghost Rider storyline. I want to, yeah, yeah, Sidorak, the the guy who who it's the the jewel uh, that gives Juggernaut his powers, right? Is that is that what it is? Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Interact jewel gives juggernaut his power as well in this issue of dr strange if i remember correctly they they go and they do something where they see Sidorak's bones and i think bonnie kate's made some kind of comment about that being some kind of catalyst to this new character and it might even be the whole i think it was a joke character that they talked about in a in a marvel meeting you know to donnie kate's making a uh uh Howard the Duck juggernaut mesh, and he said, I'll do it, and he did it. So that book uh, instantly shot up overnight to a $50 book. I mean, that was a dollar book that, and the only reason I had three copies was um, it was one of the books that they did a tie-in for the Infinity War storyline, and Kyle knows this. I pick up the Infinity War, the Infinity War, the Infinity uh, Gauntlet, and and then the last one was the Infinity Crusade. They did tie-ins in a lot of the other books, and there's a in the, in the top right corner of the every cover, it'll say Infinity tie-in. So I just pick those up every time I see them um, as dollar books to sell them in sets when the Infinity Gauntlet came out, and luckily it paid off, but. That was one of the ones where I, it, you know, the I hadn't sold it as a set yet because it was part of the Infinity Crusade or an Infinity uh, War, not the Infinity Gauntlet. So I was just selling Infinity Gauntlet once. But anyways, if I had three copies sitting around in a box, and uh, you know, I saw that they were going, people were talking about them. So I went on eBay, and this is a perfect example of a spec game. I went on eBay last night. There was a couple up there, and they were going for like fifty bucks. So I put them up there, buy it now for forty-eight bucks, and they sold within fifteen minutes. There's a dollar book being turned into a fifty-dollar book overnight. Um, so, and it's a Chris Claremont story. Yep, yep. So that's uh, that's a perfect example, and and sure enough, you never know. I mean, that in in two more days. He might come out with a comment saying, "No, it's not. It has nothing to do with that." Or he might come out and say something else, and it shoots it to a two hundred dollar book. But yeah. there's a perfect example of uh, these these guys playing to the spec market, and um, I think that they kind of have to in order to, uh, you know, 
make the comic market a little bit stronger because it's really hurting right now uh, for a lot of these local shop owners and everything that's going on. So, well, according to uh, um, what's his name, to Dan Didio, that's it's because the there's an oversaturation in the direct market. See, an idiot. That guy's a moron. Mm. Is, is that him? Do you think that's him justifying? Hey, we we want to sell more in Walmart and more mainstream. That's his way of trying to. That's exactly what it is. You're 100 percent right. You hit it on the head. That's him. Yep. Everybody getting angry. You know, perfect example is uh, um, me and Kyle uh, go to a local comic shop. Uh, Jose knows the guy, and he decided he got so angry about all the, all these major comic subscribe companies saying. You know, we're not gonna gonna stand behind the local comic shop owner. We're gonna put books in GameStop. We're gonna put books in Walmart. Yeah. And this comic shop shop owner, that was one of his reasons to say, you know what? Then I'm not gonna sell new issues anymore. And you can't keep taking away from the little guy because that's what that's what drove, better. Yeah, that's what drove your market. That's what made you what you are. These comic shop owners, these local guys that are working their ass off, grinding it out make a couple of dollars on a book that they might not even sell so he's gonna get a lot of backlash and he's kind of seeing the future of that because that guy has put his foot in his mouth a lot um you know being the the head of dc he was the uh editor for dc forever and yeah they were going through a lot of major cool stuff you know scott snyder era uh the jeff johns era when he was there, but it has nothing to do with him. I don't, I believe that guy's such a moron. It's, it's unreal. Hmm. Cause I, I mean, how, how do the, the, you know, I think what makes, I don't think they're the ones making the oversaturation. I think it's, it's these comic book stores or, or like the Marvel and DC and stuff and diamond, everyone telling everybody, okay, to get this book, you have to order a lot of this book. So yeah. they're having, they're having to, to to serve their customers, they're they're having to do all all these hoops that they have to jump through. Yes, and I think that what I think their own greed is is now it's trickling down and it's affecting the the local right. comic book store guy. Yes, because you know, hey, we want you to order eight thousand of this book that'll never sell. So it's just covered this book. And I think that's what I think that's where a lot of it comes. And I don't think it's I think it's because they're they're forcing the hand of these comic book store owners to do that. Because you know how hard it is for a comic book store owner to go, sorry, we couldn't order that book for you. You know, we couldn't sorry, we couldn't order eight thousand percent of this book you don't want, so you yeah. can have this one book that you want. And I think that's hard for a lot of comic book store owners to have to tell their customers because then they, you know, it drives them away to go other places. But having them in Walmart and having them in GameStop, your local, your your monthly, weekly person that buys it, they're not going to go to GameStop. They're they're going to get the guy to go, oh, that's kind of a cool cover. Oh, I'll pick that up, and then they will never buy another comic book again. Yeah, and that's what's thinking that putting it out to the mass media like that again. I think it's what. Like you're not gonna go to Walmart to buy comic books. You don't think of it. Yeah. You're shopping for food. So or clothes. Yeah, or, or a car battery or something yeah. else. Or yeah, I, something that's not like compared to it. Because I mean, in the article, you're saying that comic book sales were down in 2017. And, uh, 
Uh, that'd be interesting to look at the reason he's saying that, right? Yeah. yeah I, he's, let me see what it says again. It's oversaturated. It says, uh, it said, it said, a direct market is oversaturated comics, which may have led to a decline in the sales from 2016 to 2017. It says, uh, he said, my fear is that there's probably an oversaturation of product if you're looking at the numbers. We're looking at 400 new periodicals a month. I can't even imagine the number of collections that come out a month. It's overwhelming. That's what he was saying. He said DC published 73 original comics and Marvel did 83. And then with the North American market as a whole, producing 437. And that's just, it's just. Well, the prices are getting crazy now. Like I remember too. buying Gen 13. Brand new or new, the new stands, it was like a dollar fifty, and now it's like four dollars. It's crazy. I mean, like even like uh, what? I mean, Spider Man eight hundred whatever was like was it like ten dollars? Yeah, it's crazy. And they always do that. Like they mark like a big event for a comic. Like let's say, like Spider Man whatever was ten dollars. So the next comics after that. Will come out at seven dollars before that was like four dollars they're like pushing the envelope with the prices with like big stuff like that comes out it's like testing the waters first and see if how many people buy it and then they go higher for the next one to see if people will buy that that's how it's always been i i think part of it i think he's saying that just the you know maybe you know what they expected because you know all the movies are out. I, mean, I think it. I think a lot of it has to do with. I, I think it's oversaturation of it's. It's in your face everywhere. So you don't. You, you know. You don't have. You know, like we were talking about before. You don't even have to go into a comic book store to get a comic book. You just go online. You know what I mean? I think people are fine. There's all these different other different medias to to find it. I think people don't have to walk in places anymore. And I. You yeah. know. I, I think that's you know, and I I think that's just him trying to. I think he's just covering his ass pretty much. Yeah, because that's just what I think. <laughs> so, hmm. well, let's see. What else you guys got? You guys got anything else? Um. What about San Diego? I mean, I didn't get a chance to talk much to Jose about. I mean, you guys probably already talked about it last week, but um, how was it, man? It was a lot of fun. Um, I saw Santa Grace. Um, he did a, like a little signing. Um, he was a little late, but it was cool because while I was waiting, they had like the cast from the or uh, gifted, um, and then Michael Rooker uh, did an appearance there. So like like he was ten feet away and he was talking. And that was pretty cool. Um, the a couple things that they changed, like remember Kyle, where the the that street in front of the con, not the one where the buses were, the one the, like the major street. Uh huh. That was closed across, this year. across the street. Oh, really? It was all closed. Yeah, that, that's actually good because that there was so no, no, no. much traffic. Harbor. 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 Okay. There so was so was much closed. traffic having to cross the street. It was crazy. Yep. So they closed Harbor down. The only the only time 
harbor was kind of full was when trains were crossing the train tracks uh but it you know for the most part it was open and people could walk across to guest lamp from the con um they used harbor for like um the uh the shuttles that's all they were used it for used for and, well, that's um, good too because you know trying to get out sometimes sitting on a sh shuttle you were sitting on that bus forever yep just wait and, and then you were constantly stuck in so much traffic i think it kept the it probably kept the flow of the in and out yeah going better it was nice so the streets or the the street right next like in front of the con it was it was closed so people can walk on it but the thing that i noticed that nobody walked on it because they were expecting like shuttles or cars to drive up yeah because so they, that's what usually goes on yeah but that but the main street harbor street was where they were using shuttles and the little street like the parking like the drop-off place uh -huh. was closed so people can should could walk on it but they didn't because they were expecting i guess shuttles or whatever probably because for so many years you were as soon as you even started to take a foot off somebody off. was screaming at you to, yep. to get back on the sidewalk so this whole time it's it's funny to because everybody was walking on the sidewalk and nobody was walking to the street because it was closed obviously and nobody was walking it's it's kind of weird to see an empty street where you can walk on nobody can walk or nobody did you know and i was i was <laughs> talking to somebody yesterday about uh because you know how they had they did a to get autographs they did a drawing yes which i i thought was stupid because you already you know what i mean like what do they Wait, say about your tickets well, yeah you already you already lucked out and you already won the gamble of of being able to purchase tickets to go there yeah and then you had to you had to not only have lightning strike once now you have to have lightning strike twice yeah, and, to get and, your tickets. And, and to get tickets. So, yeah, to, to do anything you had to you had to have luck on top of luck, which yep. you know, there's people like me who have no luck on top of less <laughs> luck. And like I was talking to somebody about it, and the argument was, well, they should just let people who have four day have full events be able to get uh autographs. And I said, Well, that's not fair to all the people that that were, you know, seven minutes for, into the yeah seven minutes into the thing and thursday is sold out so how, how how is that fair to them just because certain people automatically get full event tickets but what about the yeah what about the person who lucked out and just got that sunday ticket so now that you know just because you know they didn't have the hookup or the connection or the ability to buy the four-day ticket in the beginning they should they should have to suffer and not be able to get it because they're not cool enough to have a four-day pass yeah I just I don't know. I just I think the way that should be is the way that they've done it in four years. You you plan your trip, you plan first come, first serve. You do first cut you you know, okay, what do you really want to do? That's what you're yeah. gonna make a point to do. So if you say, Okay, I want to meet these ten people, but realistically I'll probably only get to meet four. Yeah. So you just shoot for whatever you can get and you just you know that okay, if I go for ten, then I have a pretty good percentage of getting forty percent of them. Yeah, and I think that's the best way to do it. Is because it, then it's it's just it's it's not luck. It, it will it's a little bit of luck, but you're not hoping in a, in a in a virtual drawing with people who don't even give a shit about that person. 
Now they're just people are just in line to get stuff just to get stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that deters away from. I think that helps the turf way to what the point of a comic book type convention is where you get to meet your favorite artists and writers and people, you know, now they're making it so that it's, it's not about this interaction. It's just about, it's, you know, it seems to be more business than it is. Uh, and of course it's a business. Uh, it's there to make money. That's what it's for. But yeah, but the lure of, of the line. Yeah. The lure of being able to actually just go up and meet, you know, God, you know, Thank you for writing this. Thank you for yeah. drawing this. You don't get to do that now because, you know, they made it an open drawing. So, you know, people just went in just to do it just for shits and giggles. Ah, I just got this just because I can get it. I think that takes away from the fun of what a comic con- book convention is. Yeah. It's not even comic book anymore. No, no, and most of them aren't. And I think that's a big no. problem. And I think. You know, what I mean, now you know, and and I get it. It's busy. There has to be handlers. There's so much going on, but they need to find this middle ground that where you get to actually, you know, meet these people that you, you know, what I mean, you're that you're helping pay their paycheck. So that's what grinds my gears. No. Well, so oh, you met Cena Grace, and what else? Cool. I mean, um, I got a couple, um commissions um i saw a bunch of really cool like tv shows that are coming on netflix they had um they had a booth of just this like it reminds me of D and it's actually um, i saw the trailer afterwards it's um uh it's called disenchanted and it's the same maker from uh the matt Groening from um from the simpsons yeah so and they had an article a- come out that said uh Netflix was actually giving him more freedom and than Fox ever did. Yeah. Wow. Uh, right? Isn't that kind of crazy to think that they're you know, after all this time you think like Fox would have the red carpet out for him to do whatever yeah, he wants. Imagine how much money he brought already to Fox. He helped build it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So like the voices on in Disenchanted. Just to give you an idea, is Billy West, which is Fry um, from Futurama, Eric Andre. You know who that is Eric Andre. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, John DiMaggio, Bender, mm-hmm. and then um, everybody knows uh, David Herman, Tress McNeil. So like names that are like out there that you know that you know, and and the the trailer looks funny. The movies call or the show's called Disenchanted. They're disenchantment. There when, when's it gonna start? August seventeenth. So in fifteen days. Interesting. So I'm I, I'm kind of excited to see it. I'm really excited to see it. Very cool. It'll be funny. Yeah. So did you get any exclusives? Any cool exclusives? Uh the whole I looked through all the exclusives. Um, the really hard exclusives that you really like wanted or everybody wanted, um, it was a drawing, so I didn't do those. Um, the like the I guess the mass produced ex- ex- if I could say it exclusives. Um, the only one I really wanted was a Golden Girl shirt 
with all four Golden Girls, and they were howling at the moon. <laughs> so that's the only thing I really wanted. Did you get any? What sketches did you get? Um, I got four. Uh, they're all hella. Uh, one of them was from Cena Grace. Another one was from um, was from uh, JP Fosgett. Um, the other guy, I forgot his name. His first name is Bob. And the other one, I don't remember. <laughs> but um, I put them on Facebook. So was it worth going just for that one day? Yep. It's always worth to me because I enjoy people watching. Um, I, I, I saw the original cover for, oh shoot, what was it? The actual drawn original cover for, uh, I forgot which one it was. There's so many, there's so many original art there. Um, I remember the first year going and going to, uh, you walk by some of those booths and they got 10 first, uh, action comics, number ones. And yeah. I have a picture of that still. Yeah. So. I didn't see that. Like I, I just saw like Amazing Fantasy fifteen. Um, I saw one one copy. Like it was a three point five of Action Comics one. Um, uh, what else? A lot of like original art from from X Men. Um, uh, I was gonna buy. I was looking at some. Um, uh, what's it called? Pencil. The uh, pencil. What's it called? the drawing board uh, mm-hmm. for the art for, for the books. And I was thinking of buying one, but it was like $400. I was like, never mind. <laughs> um, God, there were just so many things. It was, it was so cool. Uh, the X-Men number, was it, uh, 127. So I saw the original art for that. It was $15,000. Wow. Uh, the let's see, the original cover for original or Super Friends, yeah, that was five thousand dollars. Oh, I would have bought that, man. I would have bought that. <laughs> um, oh, uh, what's that Batman? Were Killing Joke? Is it kill? Yeah, Killing Joke. They had original, um, like a page from it. It was seventy five thousand dollars. What page was it? It was the one where he was in the rain and he goes to the Arkham Asylum and he walks in. Ah. Uh, it's on my Facebook page. I think that uh what's his name doesn't really give out original art ever, so that's why it's so expensive. Yeah. Ryan Bolland. Yeah, mm-hmm. Ian or whatever. Huh? Or yeah, yeah. Brian Bolland. Yeah, Brian Bolland. Um the I saw Avengers number one, the original comic is slab. It was nine. And it was going for twenty five thousand dollars. Wow! And then go ahead. So expensive. Yeah, like I saw a lot of like rare, hard to find books, and it was just amazing. Like the first appearance of Mister Freeze, it was an eight point five slabbed. It went. It was going for eighteen eighteen thousand dollars. I don't understand why that book is so expensive. That's such a terrible book, in my opinion. It's a golden age book. I know, but it's still bad. It's not like it's great. You know, yeah. Mr. Freeze isn't that great of a a villain anyways. I know yeah. a lot of people talk about that book. and Well, like X-Men number one, it was 6.5 slabbed. It was going for $10,000. Jesus. 
that was one of the books that when I first got back into it, I had on my radar and to get for like a, a thousand, a couple thousand dollars at the most. Yeah. And that just, that and uh, AF 15 have both just shot up ridiculous. Yeah. So. Um, the first appearance of a uh, moon Knight. Yeah. It was a 9.6, uh, $5,000. Jesus. Yeah, this Bronze Age stuff. I mean, people out there, if you're collectors, I'm telling you right now, start start hoarding that Bronze Age stuff because that stuff is starting to shoot through the roof. Um, I took a picture of this Jack Kirby sketch. Um, it's from it's Dark Side, but it was his just his back, and it said, you know, it was signed by Jack Kirby, two thousand dollars. Yeah, that Jack Kirby autograph, man. Yep. Just the Jack Curry autograph by itself. Yeah. But yeah. there's like a bunch of different ones. Like um, the one I wanted to buy is um, from Supergirl number three. And it was, um, they had a page from the Zantana story line. Because I have the comic. And there's a picture, like a bunch of pictures of Zantana. And then I wanted to buy it, but it was $400. And I was like, it's oh, too much for me. Oh. It would have been nice. But yeah, if you get to look at my pictures, um, there's a, an original Infinity Gauntlet uh, page, and I don't they didn't have a price on it, but it's it's the one when I think just before he snaps his fingers, so it was really nice seeing that in person. It was really cool. Wow. That's what I went for, like seeing original art, the original comic book art. Yeah, that's what that about. But I had a lot of fun. It's it was worth it to me. I do think I agree with you. The one day turnaround, I think it's it's the way to do it. Just go in there, you do everything you need to do, and you split. Yep. It's nice to it save a lot of money. Yep. <laughs> A lot of money. You woke up in your bed yeah. and you went to sleep in your own bed, but you still yep. went to San Diego Comic Con. <laughs> yep. Because <laughs> I mean, it's easy. You just get off the plane. It's a it's a short walk, a short bus ride, and you're there. Yep. And really easy. Oh, on, uh, on the way back from the from the con to the to the airport, um, my bus actually hit another bus, or somebody else, another bus hit our bus. Like pretty much like a, a bus hit a bus hit your bus. Yeah. Another shuttle hit our shuttle. Like did did anybody get hurt? No, nobody got hurt, but I would have said like, oh, my that back in my back. I need no, I need money. Our driver was <laughs> pissed off. Yeah, I would have fell on the ground and started flailing all over the place. <laughs> you need a you need a backyotomy. Yeah. <laughs> but um but it's it was definitely worth it. How much time did you get to spend in the con total? So from when I arrived to the con, the front steps, uh, it was 9.30, and I left at 5, 5.45, 6 o'clock. So that was what? 10, 11, 12, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, almost 6, so almost 10 hours. Wow. And that's more than enough for one day. And I did 13,000 steps. 
<laughs> so uh, that's six miles. Wow. Six miles of walking. It was a lot of fun. If you it's... if you're gonna go there and you don't want to spend the whole time there, you only you know you you only have planned for one day. It's totally worth it. Um, it the first time you go, do as much as you can, and then the next time you go, it's worth it to do it one day. Get the experience that you already had, and you already know what to expect, and just you know enjoy it for that day. That's all I can recommend, really. Like what was Kyle was saying, it's just it's totally worth it, just for one day. Yeah. Gotten pretty crazy though, that's for sure. Yeah. It's gotten a lot crazier. From the first time that I went till now, the first time was so calm compared to this. Oh. But anyway. That sounds Yeah, San Diego's cool. It's just all the people it just it's just too busy. Yeah. It's crazy busy. You know, it's just cool. Just, I don't know. It, you're kind of caught in this, like, I call it like a vortex. You're like, I don't want to go because I don't want to spend all the money and get stuck in the mobs of people. And it's just, it's too crazy and too expensive to do. But then when it's there, you're like, oh, God, I wish I was I gotta there. I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. And then you're just like, and then you didn't get tickets. And then you, you see everything going on and you're like, oh, I, I wish I was there. Why did I think <laughs> like that? Yeah, I remember seeing uh, Matt make a couple posts like, why am I not in San Diego this week? <laughs> well, that's how I felt the one year I missed it because of my stroke. Because when I first went into therapy, they asked me, like, what goals are you striving for? So my very first goal was to go to the airport and go to the con. And um, from what I learned, you know, so Matt took my badge, scanned it and everything. So once I once he did that for me, or he was going to do that for me, my goals changed. Like, I I regret not going, but looking back on it, it's better that I stayed and hit my goal for driving. Than, yeah, you know, than going to the con or going to San Diego Comic Con. Yeah, you have to go the next year. Yeah, that's what I was thinking because since Matt you know, scan my badge. I'm like, all right, well, next year I'll have two chances and, you know, I'll be good. That was nice. Very cool. So, I think that wraps it up for this episode of Absolute Geek Podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm Jose. I'm Brian from the flip side. And we have no outro music, so we'll see you guys <laughs> later. <laughs> later, bitches. Later. <laughs>